Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, this is Miranda Wright, and this is day 66 of our 120-day Upper Room prayer campaign, and today we're going to pray for that divine peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, even in the midst of trial and tribulation and storm and hardship when everything seems to be falling apart. There are those who are able to stand and command the very waves because that they have committed their faith to the Prince of Peace. Therefore, do they walk in all authority, power, dominion, and might, not being shaken or turned to the left or to the right, but their eyes are set on Christ, and the storm does not move them. Lord, teach us today that we might demonstrate faith that manifests in the fruit of great peace. So we're going to cover some scriptures about how to walk in the peace of God. There's nothing that can cause you to mess up or get out of sync with where you're supposed to be spiritually than succumbing to fear or anxiousness. So it's a constant battle and learning process to learn how to walk in the peace of God. The easiest way for the devil to get us to mess up or to mess someone else up is to cause us to act out of fear. When we allow ourselves to be overcome with anxiety, it is easy for the devil to cause us to act outside of God's will or his timing. 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. How do we then walk in the peace of God amidst the trials of life? Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 tells us, you don't have to go there, it's a quick one, I'm going to jump to the next verse, but Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 tells us, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. How do we walk? in the peace of God? How do we not allow our emotions to be manipulated by the enemy to cause us to step out and do things that would be detrimental to us or to somebody else? The number one main function or factor is to learn to trust in God. This is something that seems hard for us to do because we want to trust in our emotions or trust in ourselves a little more. And sometimes we have to walk through scenarios in life that teach us that trusting in ourselves doesn't really work out. You know, it's like we, we say, you know, you tell the kid, don't touch the stove. Don't. Oh, I have a great example. I just realized something. We've been fussing at Hannah forever trying to keep her to stay home for her own safety, the dog. And she will not listen. She wants to run everywhere. Well, she came home last night full of buckshot, full of BBs. Somebody shot her with a shotgun, probably chasing somebody's animal somewhere. So I had to do puppy surgery and get all the BBs out. Me and Danny had to had to hold her down, and which she didn't really fight too much because she wanted them out. So we, we got them all out, and it didn't, it was just in the meat in her legs and shoulders and chest. She didn't. But today, she didn't leave the yard. You can fuss her all you want, 
but until she got a little taste of her own medicine, until she got peppered, she didn't learn the lesson. And a lot of us are like that. So now she knows, hey, when we tell her these things or when we fuss at her for going places that she's not supposed to be, hey, maybe I'm actually doing it for her own good. So she learns these things. And these are the things that we all have to learn. You know, God will tell us something, and boy, we think we know better. We think we can figure it out better. We let the devil get us so worried and so anxious that we have to stick our hands in it to fix it ourselves because we want it fixed now. But when those things get worse than they were before or get all messed up, it's really in those situations that we learn, hey, I should have trusted God. So sometimes we have to walk out things, especially young Christians. They'll, they'll walk these things out, and it'll be for the purpose of learning I can trust God because I realize now that I can't trust myself or I can't trust my own decisions. But if we can learn this lesson without having to get shot with buckshot, then it would probably be better for all of us. Turn with us to Philippians 4, starting at verse 4. In Philippians 4, we read, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. So be happy, and I tell you again, be happy, and let everybody see it. The Lord is at hand. Be careful, uh, and that word can actually be translated to anxious or worried, for nothing. Have no anxiety. Be worried for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. So here we have some of the formula, some of the conditions. Good thing about a lot of these scriptures that talk about the peace of God, they're very clear. They don't take a lot of interpretation. They'll say, do this, 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 and this, and you will have peace. Do this, 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 and this, and you will have peace. You know, it's, it's not something that you really have to be a scholar or dig really deep into. You can do a Bible search for peace of God or peace or whatever. And when you read these scriptures, you see very plainly, this is what I need to do. So it's very easy for us to find what to do to have that peace. Not so easy always to implement it because the devil is constantly working on us to stir up our emotions and our fears and our desires to act in the flesh. But let's make it a point to point these things out. If you have your Bibles open, underline them, highlight them so that your eyes will be drawn to them. So when you come to a place of anxiety, you'll be drawn back to those conditions that you need to do to bring you back to a place of peace where you can function in a right mind that you can, can trust God. All right. Uh, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing or anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we need to always be thankful or grateful to God. Let your requests be made known unto God. So pray to God. Talk to God about it. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Take control of your mind. Don't let your mind 
run on the things that are worrying you. Don't let those things keep replaying in your head over and over and over and over. Don't let the devil get in your ear and keep repeating the same line over and over and over until you're so fearful and worked up that he convinces you to take action when you're not supposed to take action. That he convinces you to step ahead of God or to step out of line. What you need to do is stop and think on good things. And I'm not talking about think happy thoughts, think happy thoughts, think happy thoughts. This is talking about remembering the promises that God gave you. Remembering his word. Thinking about the good things that he's done for you. The things that have already played out that he's told you he's going to do. Trusting in him. Remember, it all goes back to learning to trust God. And a lot of times, for us to trust God in the moment, we have to remind ourselves of how trustworthy he's been in the past. So that's why I always encourage everyone to keep a journal. And when he tells you something and it comes through, or when he's telling you something, even if it hasn't happened yet, you can go back and reread over those things. Or every time, you know, he performs a little miracle in your life or to somebody around you, you can go back and read over those things and it'll encourage you. Oh, yeah, I remember when he did that. He did it before. He'll do it again. Oh, yeah, that reminds me how faithful he is, how powerful he is. Oh, I'm not worried about this anymore because I know my God has it. To meditate on the things that are good and not allow your mind to constantly be drawn back to the things that bring that anxiety. Peace comes from taking control of your thoughts and emotions and entrusting them to God and to the things of God. I'm turning now to uh, Colossians 3, verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. One key point that's pointed out in here for having peace is forgiveness. You can't have peace in yourself if you're holding bitterness towards somebody else. It'll eat you up. So if there is an issue of constantly not walking in a state of peace, then you might need to examine your heart to see what is causing you to have this anxiety. Is it a temporary situation that you're going through now, or is it something long-going, ongoing, that you're connecting to a person which may cause you to hold bitterness? Because if the devil can keep working that up in your ear, then he's going to keep you in a state of turmoil because you're going to always be worried about the other person and not worried about yourself. We always have to let go of unforgiveness. And another key point in this verse that I like, it says to basically immerse yourself constantly in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart. Surround yourself with good Christian music. It will bring you peace in the midst of the storm, because for starters, it will run off those tormenting spirits. So, And then a lot of times, I find God speaks to me a lot through the music. You know, you may be going through something and you'll put that music on and then the right thing that you need will just come through in a lyric and you're like, thank you, Jesus. Well, I really needed that. And now I know, I know, I know, even though I knew you were telling me, 
double, triple confirmed, and I have a piece about it. And you're able to really let those things go. So be thankful. Again, we must always have gratitude. Peace comes from forgiveness. We have to have forgiveness, first of all, and having a charitable and thankful or grateful heart. It listed charity in there. If we truly have a heart of love towards others, it will help us to walk in a state of peace. The context of this one is like your peace towards others. It says you have to be forgiving. You don't want to hold bitterness towards anyone else. You want to have a heart of charity, of love, that wants to help everybody. And you have to have a thankfulness about you, a gratefulness. A lot of people's anxiety is tied up in the fact that they may feel that they're not getting what they deserve or that it's not playing out the way they want it or in the timing that they want it. And really, it's a spirit of selfishness. And we all go through it because we're human and we're selfish little babies sometimes. But if we would have a heart of gratefulness, God, I love you and I trust you. And even if it's not playing out in the time that I want or the way that I want, I know that you will work it out for the good and just hold on to that and wait and see what he's going to do. It's very important that we know the word of God. Arm yourself with the sword of the word so you can cut down the lies of the enemy meant to bring you anxiety and cause you to act outside of God's will or timing. Even Jesus had to fight Satan with the sword of the word when he was tempted three times in the wilderness. 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When Jesus was in the wilderness, Satan came to tempt him. He didn't debate with him. He stood on the word. Every time Satan would throw something at him, he'd throw a scripture right back. And Satan would have no, no, refute, no way to refute that. It's what it is. The word of God is the word of God. That is our weapon. And when those anxieties come, if we can throw the word of God back at that anxiety, it helps us to stand in a surety knowing that God will overcome this. God will deal with this. That's one of the reasons it's so important to know the word of God. If I'm so worried about my family, but every time the devil tries to get me so worked up about it that I try to take matters into my own hands and just make it worse, but in my mind, the scripture is replaying that, you know, he will promise us those of our household. You know, and I keep standing, I rebuke you, Satan. God has told me that he will, he will grant me my household in the name of Jesus. Standing on those scriptures helps to bring that peace and that reminder. You know, the devil's trying to, to tell you that your future is going to be totally messed up if you don't take this action on your own and step out and make this happen right now. But God is telling you, no, wait, let me work it out. And you, and you can stand on that scripture and say that God said his plans for me are good to prosper me and not to harm me and to give me a good future. So in the name of Jesus, I trust him. He's not a man that he would lie. I'm standing on the word and he's going to work this out for me. It helps us to have that peace to be reminded of his word and his scripture. So it's important to know the scripture in order to fight the lies of the enemy because he will tell you lies. And just like Jesus, you can stop them right there and keep them from replaying in your head over and over until you believe it if you can come back with a scripture that is contradicting what he's trying to tell you. Peace comes from standing on the promises of God. Remember that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? That's Numbers 23:19. Highlight it, write it down. That's a good verse to stand on when anxiety is coming against you. 
If God has spoken something in your heart, stand on that promise. The devil will do everything he can to come against it and to try to make you doubt it or to try to make you quit. But if God has promised you something, he will bring it about unless we give up on it before he is finished. The devil cannot steal from us what God has promised. Only we can willingly give it up or turn away from it. So when he tries to do that, stand on that. Quote that as much as you need. Wield that sword. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. If he had said it, he will do it. Or if he has spoken it, he will make it good. Now, being reminded of God's character can help you to walk in peace. But also reminding yourself of the devil's character can help you to overcome the anxiety as well. Because remember, the devil is a liar. John 8, verse 42 says, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father will ye do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. The devil is the father of lies. God is truth. It says he is not a man that he would lie. If he speaks it, it must happen. It must play out. The devil, however, is the father of lies. He will bring confusion. So when something doesn't work out the way we thought it was, who were we listening to? Now, I must clarify that in saying that even though um, God will work things out the way he tells us they will, they may not work out the way that in the manner or the timing that we thought they would, but he will work it out. If God tells us something, he will bring it about, usually in a way that we don't expect, but in a miraculous way that we can't deny that he did it. The devil, however, will tell us things that will never work out and will always end up coming to our detriment. So he'll convince us, and this is a revelation that a lot of people need to come to. We have this concept that we're always struggling between whether we're going to follow God's will or do it our way or follow our own will. Is it my will or is it God's will? Truthfully, if you think about it, your free will is to just choose between plan A and plan B, which is the devil's plan or God's plan. Our free will is just to choose which path. It's not actually, I'm doing it my way. Either we're doing it God's way or we're listening to the devil who's telling us to try it this way. And when we try it that way, it always works out to our detriment. Why? Because it wasn't even our idea to begin with. The devil was putting it in our ear and convincing us to stray away from the plan of God because we are inherently designed to follow God and to follow his plan. But the devil is constantly trying to pull us off course. If people would just become to a place where they could realize when I'm in that place where I'm thinking, hey, I can do this better myself, or if I do this, it'll play out quicker, or if I do that, it'll work out the way that I think it'll work out, and it never does, it's because the devil was putting that in our ear the whole time and trying to get us to either act ahead of God's timing or out completely outside of his will. Where if we just learned to trust God, we would get to our destination and our promised land a lot quicker. We've got to come to a place where we understand it's not me trying to take action into my own hand. 
It's the devil trying to pull me off course to mess things up even quicker. He's going to cause me to wander 40 years in the wilderness thinking I'm doing it my own way, but really I'm doing it his way. And he's waiting to kill me out before I make it to my promised land. There's always going to be a leading factor, a leading, a guiding spirit. It's what spirit are you choosing to be led by? Are you being led by the Holy Spirit or any other spirit? If you're, It's not the Holy Spirit. It's any other spirit. Any other spirit falls into the realm of the devil. You're being led of the devil. We may not realize it, and we may have the best intentions, but we're just allowing ourselves. And this is something we're going to all do. Nobody's holier than now that they'll never be led of the flesh or be tricked or manipulated into doing something that was outside of God's timing or plan, but we've got to learn to recognize these things and to minimize our time wandering in the wilderness. So I, it was a good revelation for me to realize, hey, you know, it's not even that. It's me thinking that I know better. It's the devil convincing me using your own pride to just step outside of God's plan to get us off course as much as he possibly can. When we do that, God's grace and mercy, you know, to protect us but allow us to end up walking through the briars a little bit will help us to know next time God had a better plan for me. He had an easier way. I can remember one time um, God told me to go for a walk. So I went up on the levee and I was going for a walk and I was praying and stuff. And he told me, go down to the river. I got a word for you, but I'm not going to give it to you till you get to the river. Well, when he tells me this, I'm like, if I go straight down where I'm at, I can get to the river in like five minutes tops, and it's an easy way. But I'm like, oh, it's a nice sunny day. I'm get a little tan. I'm going to just jog on the levee top, and I can talk to God while I'm jogging. It's okay. You know, we can still talk to God. So I jog a ways, and I get down to about where the grain elevator is, and it's real strong on me. I told you to go to the river. I have something to tell you. I'm not going to tell you till you get to the river. Okay, well, now I have to be obedient, so I'm going to go ahead and go down. Well, because I didn't listen when he told me to, when I get to the bottom, I look, and there's like a sea of stinging metal between me and the river. And I'm like, God's like, just go this way. And I'm thinking, hmm, I'm looking around. I'm like, I think it looks a little bit not so bad over there. Just try it a little bit over there. So I walk over there, and I get in a little ways, and then I realize that there's so many briars underneath the stinging nettle that I can't walk. I'm stuck in the stinging nettle. It's stinging me. I can't figure out how to get out or get back. And God's like, you know, if you'd have just listened to me, you'd have been there a long time ago. So go back to where I told you to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I go back to the, the second spot where he told me to just go through there. I get all the way through there. I stop, and, you know, I'm sitting here. You think by now I'd learned my lesson, and he's like, go through there. So I go through, and there's a huge berry, blackberry briar bush, and I'm like, I think I can go around. Obviously, didn't work out again. Ended up stuck in a different bush that was way worse. Had to go back. Didn't listen to him. Ended up like two hours to go somewhere that would have normally taken me five minutes. So when I finally crawl through bleeding and, and bloodied and, and get through all this stuff, get walk all the way back, sit down on the river. Yeah, I sit down. And, you know, he was like, you know, you could have gotten here so easy if you'd have just listened the first time. I was like, yeah, I know. So I sat down, and he gave me a very clear prophetic word about some stuff I was about to go through, which I really needed, so I'm glad I went to the river. Funny thing is, is that what I had gone through was something that I really needed to know because it was part of the word. You have to do this the way I'm telling you or it's going to take you a long time and a lot of heartache and hurt and bleeding before you get to the point that you need to go. You can do it my way really quick and easy, or you can do it your way and get stung and get tore up and get bloodied and battered. It was part of the word that he was showing me 
but it was also it was revelation and these are things that we have to come to a place that we can understand we can make our walk so much easier if we'll just listen the first go around and stop trying to take control now I can look at it and say think well that was me struggling with what I wanted to do as opposed to what God wanted to do but the true revelation is it really wasn't even my will because my will would never have put me in stinging nettle and briars my will would have said I want to obey God and do what he tells me to do really it's the devil in your ear saying no you don't have to do it that way look it looks better over there look it's easier over there do it that way do it that way the devil wants to steal kill and destroy and he wants to throw us off course so we need to recognize when we're struggling with that thing in our head it's not us it's the enemy we need to stop it rebuke it and listen to God no matter how small you might think sin is sin disobedience is disobedience so if God's telling you to do something no matter how minuscule you might measure it to be it's still disobedient is what I'm saying that it's not your life had to a two-week journey to go 40 years that's right that's did right. it just know what God told him to do that's right the devil will tell you just do it just do it it'll work out better and if right. not it's okay God can fit clean up your mess really quick. it's not that big of a deal but really it can do more damage than you realize because even with that revelation even with everything he was showing me I did the best I could but I still stuck my hands in that situation a little more than I should have and it ended up taking two years for it to fully play out and come to the resolution which is not a coincidence that it took me two hours to get to the river when it could have taken five minutes so I have to look back on that situation and say oh my gosh could I have handled that situation in maybe five months or five weeks you know instead of the two years it'll bring you unneeded hardship that can easily be avoided but in doing so I have learned to listen no matter what he tells me even if he says go sit on the river until your son burnt do it because it'll end up worse in the end remember if the devil is convincing you to do something it is ultimately bad it doesn't matter how much he makes it look good now it is for a bad reason why because he is a liar and the father of them God cannot lie so seek God trust God stand on his word and walk in peace and remember God's nature but also remember the devil's nature when that conflict is going on in your mind because ultimately a lack of peace is a conflict you're, you're trying to find that peace but you're being overcome with fear or anxiety there's a conflict going on in your mind and these are weapons to help you on the right side of the conflict it's to help you tip the scales on the side of peace against anxiety and you want to tip the scales on the side of peace remind yourself of God's nature and remind yourself of the devil's nature Isaiah 55:10 says for and I love this verse this is one of my more favorite verses 55:10 for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth the bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth it shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it for ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace 
The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. That's Isaiah 55, 10 through 12. If you are going through struggles and trials, that's another one. Read it. Stand on it. It's powerful. It is a promise of God. His word cannot return void. It will accomplish what it has been set out to do. If God has spoken it, it will come to pass. And I do encourage that if you feel God has spoken something to you or given you a promise, seek him for confirmation. He'll send you that confirmation over and over and over until you have enough faith to stand on that thing. And it is wise to test the spirit, you know, and not wait forever for something that we thought was God when really it could have been the devil. One thing I can say about God is he wants you to test the spirits and he will not count it against your faith. If you're asking for confirmation, he wants you to do that. The devil can deceive. He can interject. He can give you things. But remember, he is the father of lies and he cannot be consistent. He might mess you up once or twice, but he will not constantly be consistent, giving you the exact same thing over and over and over. It will be twisted. It will be manipulated. If it's coming from God, he will send it to you in a thousand different ways, and it will always be exactly the same. It will not change. He might tell it to you personally in your heart. He might open a scripture, and it's telling you the same thing. You might get a dream, or somebody else might come to you with a dream. It says the same thing. You turn on the radio, it's telling you the same thing. You go to church, the minister's preaching, it's telling you the same thing. It's consistent. It's God. If it's once or twice, I don't know about this, maybe I want it to be this, but I'm going to hold on to it, but nothing else ever confirms it, let it go. It might have not been God. God is consistent. The devil is not. And God will never fault you for seeking out confirmation because he wants you to test the spirits. I want to read that that uh, scripture again because I love it and it's so true. Hold true to this. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it to bring forth the bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. God will never leave us comfortless if we truly bring our burdens and our trust to him. John 14 verse 25 says, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you, and this is Jesus' words, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. He will not leave us comfortless. 
Jesus was talking to the disciples because he had basically just told them that he would be crucified. And he was telling them, don't be sad. I'm not going to leave you alone. You won't be alone. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. He will comfort you and he will be with you and you should be rejoicing because I'm going to my Father who is even greater than I. And he will teach you and he will guide you and he will bring all things to your remembrance. This ties into standing on the word of God. Oh, I've read these scriptures, but I don't remember them. If you've read over them, when the time comes and you need it, the Holy Spirit will bring you comfort by causing you to remember them. You may go through something 10 years from now and the Holy Spirit will cause you to remember one of these verses that we've, we've read. My word will not return void. If I've said it, it's going to happen. It's going to cause you to have a, a peace to be able to stand in faith because it's going to bring that remembrance back when it's needed. So it's good to fill our spirit. We don't have to sit there and try to memorize every verse and then be filled with condemnation because we can't do it. Just let it fill your spirit with peace. God will bring it to you to bring you the comfort in the season that it's needed. He will never leave nor forsake us. And if he is for us, who can be against us? We're going to close with this. John 16, 32. Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Standing on the word of God. When the enemy comes up against you like a flood to fill you with fear and anxiety, we have to remember these key things. One, know that we can trust in God and remember to trust in God. Be reminded of his character. Be reminded of the enemy's character. Know that you are not alone, that God has not left you. He is with you and he is for you and that he has overcome already and he can do whatever needs to be done in your life, in your search, your situation or your circumstance, even if it's not done the way we think it should be or the way in the timing that we want it to be done. Have patience and faith to stand on the word of God and wait it out. God will always vindicate his own. God, we pray for the peace that surpasses all understanding. Oh, but when Christ rules and reigns in our mortal body, we have all faith that he is able. He will get us through to what he has promised us. He will cause us to be able to do what he has called us to do. God, today we put our faith in you. We fix our eyes on you. We fix our heart on you, not on what we can do, but on you. And in that is our faith secured and strengthened and our hearts set in a sure place that we can walk in the peace of our God, having all faith that what you have promised you will bring it to pass. We don't have to fight for position because what you have called us to, no one else can walk in it. God, we don't have to jockey for title because the mantle that you have for us will not fall on another if we are willing to take our place and walk in faith. You will bring your promises to pass. God, stir it up in us that what you have spoken, you are able to accomplish 
God, give us a revelation. Open blinded eyes today that they might see that every time they have come into confusion and turmoil, it has been because that they have put their hands to that which you wanted to do and they took it out of your perfect will and began to try to fulfill it themselves and so that you had to take your hands off of it and it got complicated. So today, God, we step back and we say, God, we trust you. We walk in the peace that you can do what you have promised to do. We fix our eyes again on you and worship. We press in to that place where we seek your face and trust by faith that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you so that the reward comes by prayer and not by preparation or presentation. Give us a revelation, Lord, that we might walk in faithfulness so that we might have a profession of your greatness, of what you were able to do and of what you were able to bring us through. God, you steer the ship because every time we grab the helm, we wreck it. Help us to recognize, God, that you are the boss. You are present and you are able and that all we have to do is come to you, seek you, take orders. We don't have to give them. I think it releases a great weight when we come to realize that we are not the boss. Because the boss, he has a lot of responsibilities. He has a lot of commitments to fulfill. He's got to carry the bill. So my friend, I don't want to be the boss. I learned a long time ago that I can walk in such peace and faithfulness and obedience when I realize that I'm just another servant. He is the boss. God, we all come to you and you bring the promise to fruition. We all just have to learn to walk in our proper position of submission. We don't need to be seen as being the one man show. If we are trying to bring things about, then I can assure you God has stepped out and he will stay out until we come to realize that we are moving in our will and not his. And when we do, we will take our hands off of it and then and only then will he step back in and begin to clean up the mess and get things back on track again. And when we realize this, We will move in perfect peace knowing that what he has promised he is able to accomplish. God, I will wait on you. I will praise you. I will pray to you and I will only do exactly what you tell me to. And in that will there be fruit because I will have planted the right seeds in the right soil, in the right season. Jesus, we glorify your name. We do not want our labors to be in vain. So today we commit to submit and seek your face and praise and worship and stir up the faith that pleases you, that knows that you are able to do what no man can do. So we trust in you. 
We let you bring the right relationships to us. We let you bring the right ministry partners to us. We don't go seeking after them because my friend, I can assure you in any form or fashion, if you go seeking out to make something happen, the devil is going to put counterfeits and traps in front of you. Young person, if you go seeking for that spouse, the devil is going to put the wrong person in front of you every time. But if you will commit to submit and to sit and to pray, he will cause the right one to come your way. Minister, if you go out looking for the right ministry partners, the right people to be in leadership in your ministry, I assure you the devil will put the counterfeit in front of you and you will fall into a snare. But if you will commit to submit and to get on your face and pray, he will bring the right ones your way and it will work. My friend, if you are looking for a job or a position or your calling, if you go running out trying to find that thing, the enemy is going to put so many counterfeits in front of your face. You are going to end up in a desperate state. But if you will commit to submit and just pray, stay in the peace of God, in that place of worship and prayer and intercession, he will meet you there and he will instruct you and he will bring all the things that you need to you. This is why the word of God says to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you because if you are walking in faith that produces the fruit of God, that peace, the peace of God is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. My friend, if you're not walking in peace, then it is proof that you're not bearing a fruit of the Holy Spirit, which means that you have begun to draw from another root that is not being led of the Holy Spirit. Something has gotten off course. You've taken matters into your own hands and you have been moving in the flesh. Get back on your face. Return to that place of prayer, of faith, seeking his face, and you'll find peace and reassurance as he begins to correct your path, clean up our messes, redirect our direction. He will get us back into alignment with destiny. My friend, I do nothing unless the Lord has revealed it to me first. I do not act on impulse. And because of it, I never have to walk in fear or doubt or confusion. Because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is faithful to show you. If you are faithful to humble, have faith. Set your eyes on him and him only. Take your eyes off of the storm. Take your eyes off of the distractions and the flashes. Take your eyes off of the big things of this world and set them on the grandest thing, our King. Follow wholly after him and his righteousness. And one of the fruits of righteousness is peace, which follows faithfulness. We've got to have faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So get on your face and seek him and pray until you hear him. And when you have heard that promise, believe that he is able to bring it to pass. And do not try 
to force his hand. Because I've been through this and I've seen it over and over again that when we put our hand to it, he takes his off because it becomes our will and not his. And we will not get glory for what he wants to do, my friend, I assure you, if you will trust him. Today we commit to sit and submit and seek your face until we hear what you have to say and we will walk in faith in it and we will have perfect peace because that our hearts and our minds are set on you. Jesus, you can do what you've promised to. We pray for your peace to be released by new vision and new commitment to submit to sit and pray and trust you to accomplish your promises in these last days. And in the waiting, we will glorify your holy, mighty, righteous name and its faithfulness. Yes, Lord, we have peace in this, that all of your promises are yes and amen. Cause our eyes to see it and our heart to truly believe it again. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.